Christmas story. Martha Stewart will not be dining with us this Thanksgiving. I'm telling you that in advance, so don't act surprised. Since Ms. Stewart won't be coming, I've made a few small changes. Our sidewalk will not be lined with homemade paper bag luminaries. After a trial run, it was decided that no matter how cleverly done, rows of flaming lunch sacks do not have the desired welcoming effect. The dining table will not be covered with expensive linens, fancy china, or crystal goblets. If possible, we will use dishes that match, and everyone, hopefully, will get a fork. <laughs> Since this is Thanksgiving, we will refrain from using the plastic Peter Rabbit place and the Santa napkins from last Christmas. Our centerpiece will not be the tower of fresh fruit and flowers that I promised. Instead, we will be displaying a hedgehog-like decoration handcrafted from the finest construction paper. The artist assures me it is a turkey. We will be dining fashionably late. The children will entertain you while you wait. I'm sure they will be happy to share every choice comment I have made regarding Thanksgiving pilgrims and the turkey hotline. Please remember that most of these comments were made at 5 a.m. upon discovering that the turkey was still hard enough to cut diamonds. As accompaniment to the children's recital, I will play a recording of tribal drumming. If the children should mention that I don't own a recording of tribal drumming or that tribal drumming sounds suspiciously like a frozen turkey in a clothes dryer, ignore them. <laughs> they are lying. We toyed with the idea of ringing a dainty silver bell to announce the start of our feast, in the end, we chose to keep our traditional method. We've also decided against the formal seating arrangement. When the smoke alarm sounds, please gather around the table and sit where you like. In the spirit of harmony, we will ask the children to sit at a separate table in a separate room <laughs> next door. Now, I know you all have seen pictures of one person carving a turkey in front of a crowd of appreciative onlookers. This will not be happening at our dinner. For safety reasons, the turkey will be carved in a private ceremony. I stress private, meaning do not, under any circumstances, enter the kitchen to laugh at me. Do not send small, unsuspecting children to check on my progress. I have an electric knife. The turkey is unarmed. It stands the reason that I will eventually win. When I do, we will eat. Before I forget it, there is one last change. Instead of offering a choice between 12 different scrumptious desserts, we will be serving the traditional pumpkin pie garnished with whipped cream and small fingerprints. You will still have a choice. Take it or leave it. <laughs> Martha Stewart will not be dining with us this Thanksgiving. She probably won't come next year either. For that, I am very thankful. <laughs> well, we have a lot to be thankful for. And I suppose that lady, when she wrote that, thought about the great wisdom in what she was doing. We're going to talk, uh, take a look at Luke chapter 12 tonight and also think about having a wise Christmas. Now, I read a rather lengthy section to you out of Luke chapter 12, uh, but Luke chapter 12 really needs to be read in its whole context. I really should have read the entire chapter, especially what took place before the text I want to look at tonight. What was happening here, without reading it to you, Jesus was talking to a crowd of thousands and also more personally to his disciples about some pretty deep and some pretty important subjects. He was talking about the danger of hypocrisy. He was talking about the high cost of making a bold and unashamed disciple. When someone suddenly blurts that Jesus settled a financial inheritance dispute between him and his brother. 
Now, we all know what bad timing is like. We talked about that Sunday when Jesus was talking about how he had to go to Jerusalem to suffer and die, and suddenly James and John blurted out, can we, one of us, sit on the right hand, one on the left? An inappropriate question, wrong question, maybe a good question, but at the wrong time. But by the timing of this question, you pretty much know exactly where this young man's heart and soul is. I mean, this inheritance issue had so obviously gripped this man that he heard nothing about what Jesus was talking about. Instead, greed, bitterness, and resentment took over. In fact, those three things will control your entire being to the point that we're getting what you want in life is all that really matters. Jesus actually responds to this question with what I would almost call noticeable irritation. Uh, A little bit of forthrightness when he says, Man, why are you asking me that? Like, what a dumb question to ask at this time. But then he begins to tell a story to that man and probably everybody else who was standing around. He tells this parable of the danger of greed and that there is more to life than the things that you possess or that you don't possess. Now, I want you to know this parable that I'm going to talk about tonight is not a parable against wealth, not against money at all. Uh, Wealth and money in and of itself is a neutral commodity that can either be a blessing or a curse, depending upon how you choose to use it or choose to abuse it. But there are three lessons, I think, that stand out in this story of this rich fool, which I want to suggest to you that might help you have a little bit wiser Thanksgiving. And I want to give you three lessons. Here's lesson number one. Keep your focus on the main thing. You didn't heard that before. You know, keep the main thing the main thing. But Jesus calls this man a fool in his parable. He calls him a fool because he placed the primary emphasis on his life on temporal stuff. Stuff that can be here today and stuff that will be gone tomorrow. I mean, think about Thanksgiving. All that stuffing you're going to have tomorrow is going to be gone the next day, God willing. I mean, fancy cars rust. I mean, thieves, Dennis, I'm sorry, do break into banks on occasion. They break into homes, they steal things. Moths get into the finest of materials and have them for lunch. Uh, Tsunamis, earthquakes, hurricanes, tornadoes destroy everything in their path, and it happens in a matter of seconds. We've just seen that with Hurricane Sandy. See, this man was a fool by Jesus' standards because he did not look at some of the bigger questions in life. And I think at Thanksgiving, maybe at no other time, although we should think about this all the time, there are questions we should ask. Like, whose are we, really? I mean, what is the purpose of life? I mean, why had this man been so richly blessed? What was he to do with the richness that God had blessed him with? And again, this can be a problem not only for wealthy people, but for poor. I mean, there's one person who can be fussing and preoccupied with managing and maintaining all of his stuff, And the other person sits there and gripes and complains over what everybody else has that's so much better than what he's got. See, both kind of individuals allow themselves to be captives of stuff. And their life, their worth, their value, their importance, measured by how much stuff they have. You know, people. some people have so much stuff, they actually rent places to put their extra stuff in. That land a little too close to home. That's why some people can't park a car in their garage because they got overflowing stuff. 
But Jesus reminds us that our lives are of immeasurable value, and what God has in store for his children in his kingdom is far more important than any stuff we could gather. Uh, he said that what I want to give you goes way beyond even your wildest dreams, your wildest imagination. And, and he said, but it has to do with some of the choices you make in life. Are you keeping the main thing, the main thing? And, and he illustrates this by talking about birds, the birds of the air. Uh, birds of the air that don't sow, they don't reap, they don't build big storehouses, they don't build barns, and yet who trust God to feed them as they go about doing what birds are intended to do. You all know what little birds are supposed to do. They're supposed to fly, sing, build nests, lay eggs, and have other birds. And then they repeat that process over and over again. And so if they, these, with their smaller bird brains, can do it, uh, why do you and I have such a hard time realizing that God desires to take care of us as well? I mean, are we not of greater value than a bird? Now, you and I were placed on this planet as a pinnacle of God's creation. We are here to represent God, to reflect God's nature, God's beauty, God's kindness, God's goodness, God's generosity. Do people see that in you as you walk through this life? That's why I say, keep your focus on the big picture. Don't allow yourself to get sidetracked and distracted by all that stuff. I mean, whatever stuff you've been given... Maybe you should use that stuff to help spread God's kingdom. So as you are still maybe in the midst of, maybe some of you are still preparing the Thanksgiving menu, I don't know. But as you decorate your tables, as you welcome family and friends, as you gather for the big meal, keep your focus on the big picture. Keep it on the main thing, and that's that stuff is not all that important. What's important is the God who gave you that stuff and what you do with it. Here's another lesson. Remember your dependence on others. See, Jesus also called this man a fool because he lived his life with only himself in mind. His wants, his wishes, his desires, as though the entire world just revolved around him and what would please him. Now, this story, that parable, the parable which in, in my Bible starts at verse 13 and goes through verse 21, eight verses long, it has about 103 words, if I counted them correctly. And of those 103 words, 15 of those words are I, me, my, myself, my grain, my crops, my barn, my goods, my stuff. Now, I don't know what percentage that is. I think it was what I counted, about 13 out of 103 were all focused on I. See how easy it is for us to forget that we are. Uh, interdependent with one another. I mean, none of us can accomplish a whole lot all by ourselves. Uh, we get places in our families, we get places in our life because of the shared activity and the shared labor of other people. In fact, there's not a single one of you here tonight, I can absolutely guarantee this, uh, who came into this world on their own. Uh, and that took the cooperation of your mom and dad. Uh, you don't, you didn't put food in your mouth or clothes on your back or a roof over your head, other people helped you provide that. They were called parents. Uh, even the food on your table was grown and processed and produced by other people. You've got other people to thank for your toothpaste, your toothbrush, your soap, your shampoo, your deodorant, whatever other smell you want to smear on to keep you smelling and looking good. Or at least to mask that normal smell you have. 
Most of us, I can say this, you didn't get your education on your own. Other people slogged and sweated and sat up late hours at night preparing lessons and lesson plans and creating papers to help move you along in the educational process. You didn't stay well on your own. Doctors and nurses and pharmacists and dentists have all played a part in bringing you to where you are right now. I seriously doubt that very many of you paved the roads that you drive your car on that were manufactured by other people. You didn't build this place of worship or even the Bible from which I prepared this message came to me because of the faithfulness and hard work of countless millions before me. And we can go on and on and on. Now, I'm not telling you, you did not build this. So get that out of your head right now. I'm just saying other people were involved in your life. See, this man was a fool because he ignored the contributions of everybody else around him who helped him along the way to get his wealth and an attitude of humble gratitude was the furthest thing from his way of thinking. So again, I'd say, as you celebrate Thanksgiving, and actually as you celebrate life, take time to reflect and remember and give thanks for everybody who played a part in bringing you to the place in your life of growth, a part in bringing you to your wisdom and understanding where you are today. Set an example, be a role model around the other people at your table, and invite other people to follow. Just be aware of other people. The third lesson, of course, is always remember your dependence on God. See, Jesus called this guy a fool because he was living his life without recognizing and acknowledging his absolute dependence on God. He regards himself as the master of his own destiny, in charge of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. In fact, he almost seems to have made himself the God of his life. I always love this. He said, I said to myself, Self, you've done well. You got it made. You can retire. Take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. Have the time of your life. I mean, how many people in our day and age actually live that way? I think it's not just active atheists who live without an utter disregard of God, but there are all of those virtual atheists. You know what a virtual atheist is? It's a person who says that they believe in God, but they forget about him about the moment they walk out of the back door or the front door of a church. Church for them is just one activity on their weekly schedule. See, for people like that, if you're an active atheist, God needs to accommodate himself to your schedule. God needs to fit into your schedule, and if other important issues arise, well, then God just gets crossed off of that day's list. You see, God wants to be in our lives more than just to attend our wants, our wishes, our desires when we need him to. For many people, God is the servant, and they are the master. Now, while we would probably never, ever acknowledge that state of affairs and say that out loud, that more often than not seems to be reality. But friends, God is God. He plays second fiddle to no one. You know, we can take his name off of our coins and our money. We can take the Ten Commandments from our, off of our courthouses. We can declare it unconstitutional to pray in school or other public gatherings. We can ban employees from wishing one another Merry Christmas. We can remove every reminder of God from our national life. 
but we do not thereby diminish God. We only diminish ourselves. We exclude him from nothing. We only exclude ourselves from his loving care. See, seeking to get rid of God is as foolish as trying to get rid of the air that sustains your life. Cut yourself off from God, and you cut yourself off from life itself. So God comes to this fool in the story, just at the moment when he thought he had it all made for himself, that he had prepared for every last eventuality, had more than enough to sustain himself in the lap of luxury for the rest of his life. Little did he know that the rest of his life was just a matter of a few hours. And God says to him, Fool, tonight you die, and your barn full of goods, who gets it then? Not a year from now, not six months from now, not next month, not next week, not even tomorrow, but this very night you will stand before God and give an account. Let me encourage you, friends, to determine today that as you gather around your Thanksgiving meals, as you continue to walk through life being thankful to God, that you take time to remember yourselves of your total dependence and reliance on God and that you will give practical evidence of that belief in the way that you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, making his agenda the top priority in your life. In fact, I should say the top priority because that means there are other priorities. Make him the priority in your life. And then trusting that as you do so, just as he always does and continues to do for birds and flowers, far more so he will do for you. He will take care of your needs. So this Thanksgiving and indeed on every day of your life, keep your focus on the main thing. Remember your dependence on other people. And above all, remember your dependence on God. Do those things and you will not only have a good Thanksgiving, but you'll have a wise 